my bride, my beautiful wife, Pastor Carrie Wilson. Bring the word of God, would you? know I started with a bummer of a video, <laughs> but it really is important because, yes, we are celebrating Mother's Day, but a lot of us moms have been beat up, tore up, shredded, told we're unworthy, we're no good, you don't deserve to be a mom. Even some of our kids have told us, I hate you. But they don't get to choose who we are. He loves us. He tells us what our destiny is. He tells us who we're to be like. We get to choose to love. We get to choose to honor him. And we get to choose to come as a child, which is the name of today's sermon. I wanted to show that video because it shows the effects of what sin and worldliness does to our innocence. And... I'm going to go right into the sermon, and it's, we're going to go into Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of him and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Heavenly Father, Lord, today I ask that we would come as children, 
we would come with that childlike faith that you've called us to come with, Lord. Lord, that we would come in that awe and that wonder, Lord, and no longer carrying the burdens or the weight of sin upon our shoulders, whether no matter what age we are, what background we've come from, or where we're walking today, but that you would just take that weight and it would be lifted in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that you would break the shackles off of my lips and off of my heart to be able to share this message as you poured it out to me. And I ask that it would be used to give you glory, Lord, that we become as children. In Jesus' name, amen. Could you imagine Jesus using a child as an illustration? And think about the disciples, what their response must have been. I would think they're pretty stunned. I would think they'd be like, what? Where'd he come from? Let's get him out of here. You know, just think about how hard they must, you know, how hard they were and the backgrounds they came from and, and all the walks of life that they were in. And here Jesus says, come here, child, and puts them in the mist and says, come as this child. And today we're going to break down phrase by phrase a little bit and determine how this piece of scripture relates to us. He says, it begins, I say to you, unless you are converted. That's your first bullet point. If you, I didn't put notes on the back of the sermon today, but that is the first bullet point. Unless you come converted. The first thing I think of when it says that is change. We're not saying change your clothes, change your hair, change the car you drive, but change. Jesus says, come as you are, but he doesn't want us to stay where we are when we come to him. He says, come as you are, ragged, broken, dirty, thrown away. But as time goes on, he wants you to change into images of him. He wants you to change and become more Christ-like, more humble. He wants us to change our ways, to walk away from the old and to start new. See if my pages are going to turn. They want to stick together. I know I'm not in the 21st century yet. I don't have mine on an iPad. I'm just not there yet. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. But change is where better, where things become better. Then he says, and become as little children. If you will make the changes necessary to become childlike in your faith, I believe you'll hear God say, Welcome to the kingdom. Because Jesus equates childlikeness with humility. If you've ever met a little child like Isaac that's running around sometimes, Kylie when she's in a good mood, you see humility. You see joy. You see peace. You don't see turmoil. You don't see brokenness in them. You see joy and humbleness. says, therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Mark chapter 10, verses 13. Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. And when Jesus said, saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me. Let them come. And do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God 
as a little child will know by means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, and he laid his hands on them and blessed them. I can so see our precious Jesus reaching out and touching each one of our lives as we come to him. Reaching out and saying, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. The pain's going to go away. It's going to be okay. The joy is going to return. He just wants us to come as a child, to come humbly before him. He wants us to come seeking after him. He's waiting for us. He never leaves. He's waiting, and he's patient. A lot of us aren't, but he's patient. How would you think the disciples would score on humility? Do you think they just, okay, they got rebuked right then and that they just kind of put their head down? Or do you think they might have mumbled and grumbled under their breath like many of us would have done? Think about it when we're in our job situations or even volunteer situations and we're in a group and the leader says, no, don't do it that way. This is how we want it done. We kind of walk away. Sometimes we're not very humble. And sometimes we don't like to follow directions. Sometimes we don't like to just, not my way, but your way. We kind of like to be in charge sometimes. <laughs> Pastor said sometimes. <laughs> so change, childlikeness, humility. A lot of words right there in just the last 10 minutes. That's what this whole sermon is about. Change, childlikeness, and humility. I hope these words encourage you and not discourage you. I hope they cause you to do some soul searching, to look inside you and ask you, to ask yourselves, am I humble? Am I willing to change? Am I childlike? Can I see beyond my past? Can I see beyond what's happening right now? Can I see beyond what is going tomorrow? Because some of us have some big things that are happening in our lives. Some of us have some turmoil happening in our lives. And the only way we're going to get through it is with childlike faith. To know without a doubt that our Father hears us. He listens to us. He's uh, Jesus is interceding for us. I hope if you're praying those things that you follow through with it because your appointed destiny is worth it. Destiny is worth it, huh, Miss Teresa? Then Jesus says, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Humility and greatness. Just think, wouldn't it be great to have less pride, fewer doubts, and more dependency on God to be able to forgive more easily? Sometimes we get so stuck in our pride, we don't know how to forgive. Sometimes we get so stuck on we're right, we're right, we're right, that we don't see what's really being said or happening. We get so stuck in our pride, that we won't ask for help when we need help. 
we get so stuck on nobody can do it the way I do it that we won't ask for help. Our brains can cause us trouble, lots of trouble. We need to learn to discern when to say, shut up, brain. Shut up. I'm not listening. I've tuned you out. I'm going to turn to the word of God, and I'm going to seek what he would say for me, and I'm going to turn this thought process around. Our speaker yesterday talked about faith, and she said positive thoughts are, are good, but it's not what changes things. The word of God and childlike faith is what changes things. Seeking him without doubt. I mean, we could pray the little prayers. Heavenly Father, I hope that you turn this situation around for me. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. It just kind of just lays there. There's no authority in it. Jesus gave us authority. The Father gave us authority to say, I claim healing in the name of Jesus. I'm no longer going to be broken. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I claim wholeness over my mind in the name of Jesus. He's given us that authority. And if you're in a broken situation, you have that authority to say, I want my marriage back in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I'm seeking you and I'm believing without a doubt. That means you can't let that doubt that's back here that keeps saying, it'll just happen again, it'll just happen again, it'll just happen again. You have to take that doubt and you have to tell it to leave in the name of Jesus. But you have to call out your marriage. I want my marriage back in the name of Jesus. I want my family back in the name of Jesus. I'm calling forth my family that's walked away from you back. Because it says, for as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's in Jeremiah. (laughs) And we stand on those scriptures. He gave us the basic instructions before leaving earth. Right here, we just have to pick them up and use them. Highlight them. Ingrain them on the doorsteps of our hearts. Not leave them at church so we don't forget our Bibles on Sunday. Not leave them on the kitchen counter so they're visible when... We need something, but that they're there for us to use. They're there for us to learn. I used to teach our kids' church, don't take your Bible for granted. Memorize it because there's a time coming, and we see it in our world already, where we're not going to be allowed to carry our Bibles. We're not going to be allowed to have our Bibles on our iPhones, our iPads, our Kindles. We're not going to have, so we're going to need to know it. You're going to need to know those scriptures because you're going to be able need to know how to call upon his name. We need to have those, me- those scriptures memorized in our... E- even if you don't have the addresses, I used to tell them the addresses, I'm bad with addresses, are not as important as just knowing the word. But that's part of childlike faith. Humility is the greatest Jesus' use of a child to exemplify a right spirit isn't surprising. Was he a good boy? The Bible doesn't say. Is that why Jesus called him? I don't know. But really, I do know. Jesus simply wanted to emphasize the innocent, unworldly, unsuspicious, trustful child. Jesus was showing that that meets his standard 
for kingdom greatness. And Jesus continues and says, whoever receives one child like this in my name receives me. Beyond the child's physical frame and intellect, Jesus recognized the child's spiritual greatness and pointed out the necessity for the childlike dependence on the father. To me, Jesus is waiting for us to just go, Daddy, I need you. Daddy, I don't know which way to turn. Daddy, I'm calling out to you. There are lots of songs. We call him God, Father. But he also says, you can call me Daddy. And I see just a little child that reaches up to their parents and says, Mommy, hold me. Hold on to me. Now, I've, I've kind of gotten a little serious here, so I want to break it up a bit. And I'm going to show you a quick video about how not to pray before we go into the next part. We all know how important prayer is, yet there are a lot of people that get nervous about praying in public. And with good reason, you could really make a fool out of yourself. People will laugh at you. But have no fear. We've created a simple resource to help educate you on how not to pray. Just because the group is in a circle doesn't mean they're playing duck, duck, goose. Be on the lookout for little details that may indicate it's a prayer, such as someone praying. When someone is praying, don't stare off into space. Don't trim your toenails. And don't fire up a chainsaw. These actions are potentially distracting and may give the impression that you aren't giving the prayer your full attention. The celebratory drop to a knee prayer is really only cool after a touchdown. Laying hands on the sick is simply placing your hands on someone while praying for them. You're connected hands. She has fallen into sin in a big way when she cheated on her boyfriend with that football player. God, and we know that she's been to rehab three times. Saying amen after a bunch of gossip doesn't make it a prayer. So comfort Larry here with the death of his parents and his dog in a horrific unicycle accident. And for me, Lord, with this new car I'm getting, please give me wisdom in choosing the color. Try not to follow a major prayer request with something trivial. If your hands are extended towards someone in prayer, try not to pretend that you're shooting electricity at them like the Emperor from Star Wars. And I'd also like to pray for each of our 27 missionary friends by name. Your prayer shouldn't turn lunch into dinner. That's a miracle no one wants. If the good Lord wanted us to eat cold food, he wouldn't have blessed us with the oven. Nathan, will you please lead us in prayer? And don't pretend to have a heart attack to get out of praying. Demons out! <laughs> don't go to the exorcism prayer unless you are pretty certain it's necessary. If you make an effort to follow these simple steps, you should notice a difference in your prayer life. Or, at the very least, no one will want to punch you in the face when you say amen. I, I thought we covered this. Laying out of hands means... Ah, never mind.
now that we've lightened the room a little bit, <laughs> prayer is important. Childlike prayers are the ultimate prayers. Children don't pray because they're told to. Children don't pray the things that come out of their heart because it's just words to them, because it's been taught to them. But children pray what's in their hearts and in their minds. And they're their precious prayers. You don't see children pray like that. Don't see many adults that pray like that. I've seen a few, but not many. That's why it was so funny. Um, <laughs> but God wants us to come to him with that childlike faith, that awe, that wonder. Like the song Dry Bones talks about, take me back to wonder. He wants us to come back to that time when we first gave our hearts to him and it was brand new and exciting and fresh and we knew without a doubt that Jesus was doing something with us. That's the childlikeness he wants us to come with. Now I'm going to go back to the beginning of the story again. Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them. Imagine how that child must have felt. Did I do something wrong? Am I, am I being used as an example? What's, what's going on? But Jesus still calls children today. He's still calling you today. Children among us, sorry, children that are being called among us, it's called intergenerational ministry. And I've gotten to live in this ministry for several years. <laughs> I've worked with children from all backgrounds. And the one thing that I always saw that made a difference was telling them how important they were. That God is mighty in them. It delights them and it releases them to do something revolutionary. God is calling each one of you to do something revolutionary, to be world changers, to be destiny makers, to be on fire for him. So many times we come, some of us have been serving in ministry 20 plus years, and we get to that point, yeah, my prayers are here. God's hearing my prayer. Yeah, 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 I know. I know. Yeah, he hears me. But we're not praying with that faith. We're not believing with that childlikeness. Because when you tell a child for the first time that God loves them, and they've never been told they that they're loved, you see that frown turn into a smile, and the things that break off of them are amazing. When you see an adult that's never been told they are valuable, that they are loved, that they're precious, and you tell them that you love them with an unconditional love, when you tell them that they are loved with an unconditional love, it's amazing. God wants us to share that childlike faith, that childlike heart that leaps and skips. And when you see something going on in somebody's life and God is making a difference, that you jump and you rejoice with them and you shout, thank you, Jesus. Because that's the childlike heart that's in us that Jesus was using as an example when he said and you bring one in he was talking about bringing someone 
into the fold, bringing someone in and loving on them wholly from their head to their toes, no matter what their issues were, no matter what their baggage was, because he's going to change them. He's going to use them for something revolutionary. A child near Jesus, that's a lesson all in itself. But today, men, women, children, we're all close to Jesus because he's in this place. We're here at the right time, the right place, and we are called to be humble. We are called and we are chosen for eternity. Talk about destiny. I don't know if this message has gotten to you the way it did me as I studied it. Can, but it touched my heart. And it made me think back of when I said, God, deliver me and set me free from all of this junk. And he did that peace, that happiness, that joy. It's unspeakable unspeakable and untouchable. Nobody else can make me feel that way but my God. And if you need that touch today, I'm going to invite you to come down. I'm going to invite you just to come and let Jesus touch you. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never given him your heart. Is there anyone here that's in that place right now? You've never given your heart, and you want to give your heart to him today. You want to know what I'm talking about, that childlikeness. To be told you were precious. I thought I recognized most of your faces. Then that means we've all been touched by a heavenly father and told that we are loved. So I'm going to invite you to stand up with me, and we're going to worship, and we're going to pray. Because I know a few of you in this room that need to know that childlikeness again. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would go through this room. You would touch each heart, each family, each member that is here, Lord, and you would let them know how precious they are, how loved they are, how valuable they are, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would cast off the thoughts that would tell them they are no good and they're not worthy, Lord. I ask that you would break that off of them in the name of Jesus. And I ask that you would raise up in them life, life of joy, life of peace, life of freedom and liberty to walk in you. Jesus, I ask that you would meet them at their need. Whatever struggles are going on at home, whatever troubles are happening around them, Lord. And Lord, if this is just a hard day for them, you would overwhelm them with your peace. I thank you, Heavenly Father. 
I thank you, Daddy, for loving me. I thank you that I can call upon you and I can put my trust in you, that I can put my hope in you. And I know where my destiny is. And I give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.